Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Happy eighth day of Christmas, happy date of the circumcision and naming of Jesus, and happy new year. Everything we do is marked by time, how we think, how we work, we live inside of time. We count down to birthdays, we count down to weddings, we count down to years when somehow things will get magically better with the the strike of the new year. And of course, on this day, perhaps you're making some resolutions. I'm going to lose this many pounds by uh, by six months from now, lose this many pounds in three months, and so on. Or or maybe I'm going to take more time to study God's Word this year. In 12 months, I want to read all the Bible. I've been resolving, uh, I think, to preach more like Luther. And I noticed that Luther's New Year's Day sermon on on our epistle lesson from Galatians uh, was a a, a four-hour-long sermon. Uh, so speaking of counting time, why don't you time me? Uh, Luke, who wrote our very long gospel lesson for this morning, was counting time too. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. In this one verse, so many major themes throughout the Old Testament are are, are being brought together, tied together uh, by the biblical concept of the eighth day. God created the world in six days. He rested on the seventh day because he had finished the work of creating. And so the next day, the eighth day... (laughs) Out of the mouth of babes... Psalm 8. The next day after 7 is is 8. Biblically, that's Sunday. And it's a a new beginning, a a day outside of time. It's a new creation. The the old creation was in 7 days. The new creation is on the 8th day. The out is old and the new is in. And it's on this day, eight days after birth, that God commanded that Jewish males be circumcised and, and all children, children be given their name. Uh, you know, we give the, the child their name right when they're born, uh, or maybe before, uh, but God commanded to do it at eight days. And it goes back to the covenant God made with Abram on that day that Abram received his name and the promise. Abraham, he was going to be the father of a new nation, a a great nation, a new family. Abraham was being adopted into a new family, not by the will of man, but by the will of God. And God physically marked Abraham, uh, uh, God physically marked his covenant on Abraham by circumcision. And this act was a sign of two incredibly important realities in Scripture. The first is that this cutting off and removing It was a sign that God was cutting off and removing them from the line of original sin. 
Remember at the beginning when, when Adam fell into sin, all, humans being, all human beings born from the line of Adam have original sin. We call that the old Adam, our own sinful flesh. And this is a condition that's passed down from father to son or father to daughter, from father to child. And it's why it's significant that Jesus had to be born of a virgin, not of any human father. By circumcision, God was signifying that he was cutting his people off from one family, the line of sinful Adam, uh, doomed to death, and making them physically, marking them physically, and setting them apart for a new family, the family of God, for eternity. And this physicality actually mattered because sin is actually physical. You can't just be a Christian in your mind just by thinking positive thoughts about God. Sin separates us from God. And this, the sin next to time, is the one thing that marks our entire lives from conception to death. We are sinful people, and we are real physical people with real physical sins and real physical consequences for our sins. We are imprisoned under the law. And so for God's people, the eighth day had this, this idea of eternity and rebirth, being recreated and entering by grace a kingdom without end. Through, though, though under the law of time, you could also look beyond time through God's covenant, God's promise. So also on this eighth day, all children, whether male or female, received their name, signifying that they are now part of God's family. Through this covenant of circumcision and naming, they were marked, they were set aside physically as God's own chosen family. But secondly, this covenant was a covenant of the law. God said to Abraham, any male who fails to follow this covenant shall be cut off from his people. He's broken my covenant. This idea of being cut off is really important throughout the entire Old Testament. Any nation that, that comes up against God's people of Israel, uh, the descendants of Abraham by faith, God says they will be cut off. There's nothing worse than being cut off from God. Not only does it hurt, but it's permanent. There's only two options. You are either recreated by the will of God and eternally saved, or you choose to keep your sinful flesh and are eternally condemned. There, there's no such thing as sort of a Christian. You can't be sort of circumcised. You either are or you're not. A person cannot be saved by merely thinking positive things about God and yet refusing to put off sin. You either cut off sin and cling to God in faith, or you keep your sin and you are cut off from God. So on the eighth day, Jesus, well, he's not Jesus yet, but Christ, the Messiah, who has no original sin because he was born of a virgin, fulfills this covenant made with Abraham. He's born of a woman, 
born under the law, come to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus fulfills the law so that we who are by birth members of the family of Abraham, of Adam, of fallen Adam, and doomed to death, might be received by adoption as sons of God for life everlasting. To get an idea of of just how big of a deal this is, if we would just keep reading a little bit more in Luke's gospel, Luke mentions the uh, the law of the Lord in connection with the circumcision and and presentation of Jesus at the temple more than he uses the word law in in the entire rest of the book. So this is an important point that we should not miss. Jesus here is fulfilling the law for us at eight days What were you doing at eight days old? I know what I was doing. I was eating, sleeping, and sinning. But Jesus, at eight days old, is submitting himself to his own law, his own covenant, and fulfilling it for us. The very one who made the covenant with Abraham is now undergoing the act. This is his first shedding of blood on our behalf. He didn't just shed blood at the cross, but he begins to do it now at eight days old. For God's people, circumcision showed that they were being cut off from sin. But for Jesus, it worked the other way. It's not a sign that that he would be cut off from the line of sin, but that he would be cut off from his father. In his crucifixion, Jesus will be forsaken by God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you cut me off? From your people. So just as we close the old year on New Year's and we usher in a new one, Jesus was closing the old covenant on this eighth day. We have times square, the, the, the ball dropping is a sign of the new year. Jesus, circumcision is a sign that God's law was being fulfilled. And in so doing, Jesus is instituting and will institute a new covenant. Covenant not by blood, not by the work of hands, but by the will of God and grace and water. Now no one will enter God's family through circumcision. Now it will be through baptism. In fact, St. Paul calls baptism circumcision made without hands. He says, you are buried with him in baptism by which you are also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. It means that in baptism, too, we enter into this eighth day. We enter into eternity. That's why our baptismal font has eight sides. When you're baptized, you enter your eighth day. You enter eternity. In baptism, you receive a new name. You are marked eternally with the name of Jesus. In baptism, your sins are cut off. They're washed away. And not only that, but you are clothed with Christ's righteousness and adopted into a new family. So when you're baptized, as one one theologian has said, you, you get death over with. You get death over with. You die to sin, never to die again. In baptism, we have entered into our eighth day. 
And this makes all the difference when we are so inclined to look back to what was, to count days and to look forward with, uh, with nothing but worry. What will this new year bring? What, what will happen tomorrow? In baptism, our past has not only been cleaned up, it's been forgiven. Our future now is not only a possibility, but a promise. We don't need to resolve to be better because in baptism, in Christ, we are made brand new. New creations. So no matter what temptation or cross or trial you you will face this year, Christ has and will give you the strength to overcome it through your baptismal covenant that he has made with you. For any temptation that you will face, you have Christ, who overcame it all, joined to you in baptism. You bear the mark of Christ. You have received the name of Jesus in your baptism. This is now your identity. Not a sinner who is cut off from God, but a saint, united to God forever. He participates in your sufferings. You participate in his glory. He takes your sin your weakness, your fears, and in return, he gives you his strength, his comfort, and his salvation. Even as you and I count days, we have the blessings of eternity. And yet, it is difficult for us to understand how in finite time, the infinite can be present. But this is at the heart of our theology, isn't it? The infinite infinite comes to earth as a baby. The infinite comes to us in bread and wine and word and water. Eternity comes to us in baptism. Because the infinite God has subjected himself to be under the finite law for us, to shed his blood, to die, And finally, to rise to life again, we are in eternity already. I think there's something really neat in the structure of Luke's gospel that shows this. Luke is very careful to count days. He's a precise physician, after all. And especially here when we get a precise chronology of the events surrounding Christ's birth, even down to the exact day, as he does here with the circumcision and later the presentation at the temple, Uh, at 40 days old. But then later in his own book, Luke stops counting days. He entirely stops counting days after Jesus has been resurrected. Luke stops counting days. Time is irrelevant in the resurrection because eternity has already begun. What would our life be like if we stopped counting and instead enjoyed our new life as a gift of God. Last night, maybe you counted down to 2023 and celebrated with a bottle of champagne or Chardonnay. But here this morning, we get to celebrate eternity with something even better. The feast of heaven, Christ's body and blood. We already here begin to enjoy the blessings of eternity. So enjoy your year, happy new year, and happy eighth day. In Jesus' name, amen.